Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial Season 3, Episode 35. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. Elisa is missing in action this week. Too bad. Who cares? Yeah. But on this installment, to cope with her loss, with her missing, um, to cope with her death, (laughs) (laughs) one of us is drinking, and so we'll play Guess Who's Drinking? The alcoholic will be revealed on next week's episode. And this is really fun (laughs) because this is the first time we've played this when doing our live stream of the show, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, no, yeah. I, so people in the chat, you can... I think we um, did it for the, the the Christmas New Year special thing. I think we, did. we were all drinking. I think we were just all drinking. That's right. <laughs> I can't remember. I was too drunk. So uh, those of you listening at home live, feel free to take some guesses throughout the show. Put them in those Patreon comments. Uh, we do want to mention a couple of things happening right at the top of the show. First of all, Hurricane Maria, what's going on with uh, this latest disastrous hurricane, Laura? So Hurricane Maria is now a Category 5 with 160-mile-per-hour winds and gusts up to 225 miles an hour, and it has Puerto Rico in her crosshairs currently. Um, the really scary thing about this is that Puerto Rico is still recovering from Irma, as are a number of other Caribbean islands that are also in the path of Maria. So uh, it, it's really fucking sad. Yeah. I, I, like mm-hmm. when you, I like when you see these events on Facebook that everybody RSVPs to in the areas. They're like, everybody point their fans towards the hurricane <laughs> to try to blow it in another direction. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just oh, wanted man. to mention that. I know this is a serious, uh, serious matter, but... Yeah, our thoughts are with people in Maria's path. And speaking of natural disasters, Mexico City just got fucked by a 7.1 magnitude earthquake. Uh, reports are sa- now saying that about 80 people are dead. I mean, they're just beginning the recovery. So, so uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a major disaster. I actually felt it last night, too. It did reach. I, I think it no, either that was either this one reached LA or there was a different earthquake. There so was, it was a different one. It was a different one. I don't even live there anymore, and I know this. How do you not know this? Uh, because, I mean, I knew it was an earthquake. I just didn't know if it was well, connected. I do think that, in light of all the natural disasters that have been happening and uh, LA being due for the big one for so long, I really truly believe now that the big one is upon la like it's gonna happen soon mark my words well i mean it's just not la it's not it's not one of those movies it's uh it's all of california basically but la um the the san andreas fault line i believe it is or the Mm -hmm. fault line runs right through los angeles and uh yeah i think all of la is screwed so shane matt uh nice knowing you i have to say though it's always been hard to I, I could never afford a home in Los Angeles. The prices are way too high, but I kind of want this earthquake to happen because then I might actually be able to afford some real estate out there. 
Yeah, or just buy a house with a lot of insurance, and then when it goes down, you can clean right up. What else is going on in the news, Laura, before we look at subjects? Uh, before like I fall into that. the earth. <laughs> yeah, well, Matt, actually, you might be picking a great time to fall into the earth. Uh, Mitch McConnell is already trying to bring on another Obamacare repeal, saying that he will call for a vote on it as soon as he knows that he has 50 votes. Once again, we are looking at Republican Senators Collins, Murkowski, and Rand Paul, who are uh, two of them are coming out as critical against this. And Rand Paul has already said, fuck this. I'm not voting for it. Mm -hmm. So my question is, why do they keep doing this? Are they just going to keep throwing it at the wall till something sticks? I think that's what they're hoping for. Yeah, well, and and what annoys me is we keep hearing like, okay, their their attempts at repealing Obamacare are dead. It's officially over. Like the last big one, we were all they were at the media was like, it's done. It's over. It ain't happening. John McCain put his thumb down, and that was that. And now well, here we are again. Yeah, well, it also comes it. simultaneously with Bernie Sanders' single payer tax plan or health care as well. So, oh lord, what we're gonna have to talk about that sometime. Bills? Okay. Because I have feelings about that, but we don't have time. We know what your feelings are. No, you don't. You don't know what my feelings are. You don't know my life. I know your life. It ain't that (laughs) interesting. Hey, hey. Speaking of interesting things going on in my life, uh, we wanted to plug the Landy show one more time. This is the little like midweek video show that Andrew and I do twice a month. Yeah. Uh, we'll be recording another one here in the next week or so. And we wanted to just open up the floor to ask you guys for ideas, things you might want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody already suggested having our dogs, Brooklyn and Canella on the show with us. So we That's might do that next time. Idea. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I think we should all do that. Well, we all have our own dogs. All the Landy the show. Puppers. It's the Landy show. So mm-hmm. get the hell out of here. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just... I'll just do one with Elisa. It's going to call Misa. Perfect. That's cool. It's very Game of Thrones of you. Mm-hmm. Misa! If she, if she can get her computer to turn on, that's the $10,000 question. People who are listening live right now are sounding off on... Uh, people aren't pleased with my earthquake comments. Jules says, last night was my first quake since moving to LA. Now I am super nervous. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, Katie says earthquakes are one of my worst fears growing up in the Pacific Northwest. We were always told to prepare for the big one. And Vanessa says I'm in the OC, so I'll start my will now. That's a good idea. And everybody in the Southern California area or the, the whole, all, all over the West, because you're all, you all could, uh, experience the big one. Just make sure your credit cards are up to date and don't expire for a long time. If you're a patron. You know what's really scary about earthquakes is if you're in the desert area of California, when the big one happens, they're saying that since the sand is so coarse and large, Uh that it'll turn into quicksand. (laughs) That's fun. That'll be like a game. You can try to avoid the quicksand. Oh, my God. Have any of us ever ridden out a major earthquake? Uh, I think... The only earthquake that was big, in my opinion, was during the Northridge quake back in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, they've all been pretty shallow. Like most earthquakes happen before you really realize what's going on and it's over. And then you're like, whoa, yeah. did, you, did you feel that earthquake? Yeah, that's usually how it goes. The last truly big one in L.A. was that Northridge one. Um, but yeah, I, I did definitely experience a few. 
Well, I lived in LA for nine years, and they are they are scary. They do they do shake you. Yeah, you were scared, not just literally. And like I was saying about Twitter, it is really fun to go on Twitter right after an earthquake because every single one of your LA friends is like earthquake, earthquake, earthquake. So that's yeah, cool. pretty the much power of the internet. Okay, moving on, we are going to do surprise bitch here at the top of the show. We're going to call Allie, who is in Seattle. We can ask her if she's worried about an earthquake up there. Hi, this is Allie Elport's phone. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks. Bye. Allie. Allie. Are you okay? We Allie. just heard the big one hit Seattle, Washington. Please reach us as soon as you can. It's millennial. Allie's phone. Bring the message to Allie, please. Surprise, <laughs> bitch. What is Allie's phone? Siri? Well, that's what she said. Hi, this is Allie's phone. Okay, let's try let's try Malia. M-A-L-E-A-H. Hello. Malia? Malia? Yeah. Surprise, Surprise bitch. bitch. Millennial, what's up? Oh my god. <laughs> Is this real? <laughs> yeah, it's for no, real. It is real. No, it's real. If you want it to be. Oh my gosh, hi. How's hi. It How's it going? What are you up <laughs> Sorry. to tonight? I'm actually on my way home from spin class. Spin class. Ooh, which uh which classes? What what studio? I got a I got a cycle bar. It's in um a suburb of Detroit where I live. Oh, okay. Cycle bar. Now is that more like Soul Cycle or Cycle House? I have no idea what Cycle House is, and I've never been to Soul Cycle because we don't have those here. But I would say probably Soul Cycle ish, except they serve booze at the end, which is kind of awesome. What? Whoa! Yeah, but get it like Cycle and bar, you know? Yeah, it's, it's pretty. That awesome. sounds like my kind of exercise experience. <laughs> it's the best motivation, honestly. What kind of booze? Do it they really serve? is. The Holy shit! Would, how many? How many calories? I would definitely do that. Are you burning and 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 what is the drink you get? Um, so it depends on the day of the week. Today was Tequila Tuesday, so we always have margaritas. Um, and according to mm-hmm. my like email I get after class, I burned about six hundred and fifty calories. So that's like comparable, right? You get an email, so this is yeah. a high tech machine that that knows you yeah. and then, like emails you. Wow, very cool. Yeah, you like input your stats and stuff, and it tells you you know how fast you went, how hard you went, and then calories. Good stuff. Did you? Yeah, um, yeah. Did you watch the Emmys over the weekend? Um, no, actually, I was busy watching football all weekend and don't priorities. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, you know. Do you watch any TV in general besides football? Honestly, I'm kind of like into really trashy reality TV shows. <laughs> it's like my guilty pleasure, but not really guilty because I fully admit it. Yeah. So like I doubt what? any of those were nominated. For, um, big fan. Let's see. I'm big fan of, you know, like CBS reality, Big Brother, Survivor, that kind of stuff. Okay. Also, mm-hmm. Lifetime reality shows. Dance Moms is my jam, even though, you know, it's about to be over. It's okay. You know, cool. the trash yeah. is better in my book. Are there any reality shows that involve cycling and then drinking after? I feel like that'd be a good episode of Real Housewives where they go, they <laughs> go to Soul Cycle, 
with Matt, and then afterwards they go to the bar and put all the calories back on, and they're like, "Oh my god, I just put all the calories." No, the women on. that go to Soul Cycle, they'll pretty much just have like a couple bottles of Chardonnay ready right outside the doors. Like, they're just going to sit down. Yeah, Chardonnay. It's, it's all about the Chardonnay. That, that happens, and you know all of those we TV kind of reality shows. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's life like in Detroit? Because you know, to be honest, most people outside yeah. of the city don't hear the greatest things. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't want to speak for the city of Detroit because I don't live in the city. I live in a suburb. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I was really surprised. I only lived here for about a year and a half. And I was, you know, one of those people who was kind of, you know, sketched out about moving over here. And it's actually, like, growing pretty quickly. It's the amount of things that are opening up downtown. And they're removing a bunch of the blight. We just got new new public transit system, like, it's actually really impressive. Cool. Yeah, it does sound good. People, you know, yeah, so. pe- people never have good impressions of a city. If, if they hear one thing about a city and then they stick with their ill-informed opinion, er- ignorant opinion, I can't tell you how many people I battle over Chicago. Like, ah, oh, the weather's I'm cold. Actually fr- I was actually born in Chicago, and oh. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, it's did you crazy. Li- yeah, did you, I, did you like it? <laughs> um, I mean, I only lived there for a handful of years, and it was never, again, not in the city. My family is actually from the North Shore, if you know what that is yet. Um, no, but, but I'll pretend I do. When it, North Shore is basically like the rich <laughs> suburb north of the city. Oh. Um, but it's it's crazy that this is the same sort of thing with Chicago. You go and it's like all you hear about is actually they have a lot of problems with the shootings and the poverty and, you know, Chicago politics are a whole nother animal. But if you actually are in the city for a while, it's amazing, like, what you can learn about it and say, okay, maybe this whole city isn't falling apart like a lot of people think. Right, right, yeah. So, um, but I'm having a great time here. It really is a nice city. It even, uh, it's, it's exceeded my own expectations. So, very pleased with it. <laughs> Anyway, Molia, we'll let you go. Thanks, thanks for uh, supporting us, and uh, thank you for answering. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Thanks so much for and calling me. Night. I had no idea that this was happening. Oh, thank good. you. Good. It was a true surprise bitch. <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye. All right, so let's call Gabby because we did promise we were going to call her. Is she listening live? Or is she just yeah, she's us listening she live? She is, yeah. We totally remembered Gabby. We had it in the show doc. Didn't you see it? Wow, she doesn't answer. Hello. Hey, Gabby. Surpri- I'd say surprise, hey. but you probably knew this was coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's it going? We tried to call you last week, and, and we missed each other. You're actually in Michigan, too, aren't you? I was in Michigan. I just moved here or moved to Missouri a couple months ago. Why'd you move? Um, my husband, as I said last week, the pipe smoker, uh, took a new job at a corn cob pipe factory. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, a, a, what, a what factory? Corn cob pipe factory. Corn cob pipe. No. Oh, it's a pipe. Oh, oh my God. That's a real yeah. thing. Yeah. Like oh, your grandfather oh. used to smoke. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now Frosty the Snowman song makes actual yes. more sense to me. <laughs> uh, what is Midwest life like for you? I mean, the, what you, you said Missouri, right? That's it's that's Midwest, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's hot, really, right now. Um, yeah. 
it's not much different from Michigan, except that it's about 15 degrees warmer every day. Um, but I don't know. It's pretty much the same. Everybody's a lot nicer than in Michigan, though. Uh, because it's further south. Yeah. <laughs> did you watch the Emmys? It's, I did not watch the Emmys. I. What were we? Oh, we were watching um, the Defenders. Oh, okay. Did you like? Oh, that? yeah. It was really good. I was really surprised. Yeah. I I started watching it. I'm about. I think I'm like halfway through. It's um. It's, it's really good. It's well, good. I mean, it's 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 fun to watch. I, I will say that. Yeah. Speaking of streaming, the last couple episodes are super intense. Speaking of streaming, I'll mention here uh, we wanted to mention that the Emmys' uh, best drama went to The Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale, and it was a big deal because that's a Hulu show, and it was the first time a streaming streaming service has won best drama. And you probably wouldn't have guessed that it was going to be Hulu that was the first one right. to win best drama. You would think it'd be Netflix or even maybe Amazon. Yeah, I would have thought um, Transparent or Orange is the New Black would have won first before anything off of Hulu. <laughs> or shit, I'd say House of Cards over Orange is the New yeah. Black. I don't think I know. Definitely. Good for Hulu, though. Like, they need this. Yeah. They need this. <laughs> well, it's also an incredible show. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they... They chose this show, which is so socially relevant right now, I think strikes a chord with a lot of people who are mm-hmm. concerned yeah. about the current direction of our society. So yeah, I'd probably say The Handmaid's Tale, The Night Of, and Big Little Lies were my favorite things this year on TV. Oh, I'm so pleased that Big Little Lies did so well because it was so good. It was. I wanted Westworld to do better. I liked Westworld. Yeah, Westworld episodes take forever, though. Oh, they're so good. They are so good when they're good. And then we have to kind of like wait for a bit with 20 minute monologues. <laughs> All right, Gabby. But there's so much like hidden in it, Matt. Come on. Yeah, but Come I on, don't Matt. know if they even know what they're hiding. I need to watch Handmaid's Tale. I haven't done that yet, but now that's one best drama. What? I will get on it. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm bad. All right, Gabby. Well, thanks for your support. Glad we got to speak to you. Thanks. I'm glad you made it through this time. Yeah. By the way, yeah. 35 divided by 3 is 11.6. Yay! Good job. That was going to be one of our questions, and then we didn't say it. So thank you. <laughs> Have a good night. I'm just picking up the ball you dropped. Yes, yes. We do that a lot. So we, we, we do that, that a lot, and yes. we need the help. All right. We're still waiting for the other ball to drop. All right. See you, Gabby. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye, dear. So another thing I wanted to mention concerning the Emmys was this Sean Spicer moment. Uh, This happened in Colbert's opening monologue. I'll play it. Anyone who could say how big the audience is? Sean, do you know? This will be the largest audience to witness an Emmys, period, both in person and around the world. Wow, that really soothes my fragile ego. So um, that got a lot of reaction. Uh, Some people thought it was very funny. 
And it, I think objectively, it was a very funny moment for the Emmys. However, the problem is we're like normalizing this asshole who lied to the American public day after day while he was the press secretary. Yeah, I was not very happy with this. I'm not happy with how, especially SNL. SNL does this. They they let people in, other people that they're making fun of, and that's not satire. That's when you kill the satire. I think the difference was that um, Sean Spicer did legitimately bad things. Like Sarah Palin was just an idiot. Hillary was going on for attention to you know to, to yeah, normalize it, her. Trump went on to normalize himself. Sean right, Spicer, can, yeah, this is part of his like redemption tour. Yeah, um, but he still we still shouldn't celebrate him. Like you can celebrate no. Trump during his presidential campaign. Uh, you can, and same thing with Hillary and Sarah. What do you make of it, Laura? Um, so I thought that Jason Isaacs kind of took the words out of my mouth and I wanted to share what he said. Oh, good. I um, had it pulled up. Too. <laughs> yeah. So he posted on Instagram, hoping to forget politics for one night and bask in other people's glory at the Emmys party. And who do I spot at the bar late at night? But the poisonous purveyor of lies, Sean Spicer. What were the Emmys thinking celebrating this modern-day Goebbels, who was the thuggish face of Orwellian doublespeak just moments ago? Yeah. Yep. Well said. That's exactly how I felt. I didn't find it funny at all. You're just normalizing him, and actually you're you're kind of – you're giving him a get-out-of-jail-free card. You're giving him – an opportunity to express a level of humanity to people so that they can look at Sean and go, Oh, well, it wasn't really his fault that he worked for a corrupt administration. Yes, it was. He didn't have to work there and he didn't have to lie day in and day out. And he did. So fuck that guy. You are not allowed. He is not allowed in on the joke. Once you let him in on the joke that discredits the entire joke that was made. Mm -hmm. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work anymore. No, I, I agree that he's an asshole and we shouldn't give him attention, but I still actually the funniest part about it was the reactions. They cut to Melissa McCarthy. They cut to these other TV stars, one girl from Veep, I can't remember her name, but they were all shocked. And you got to give credit to Melissa McCarthy. I was expecting Sean Spicer and Melissa McCarthy to take a picture backstage, especially because Melissa McCarthy did present an award l- uh, at one point during the night. So they were so they so she was backstage and I believe Sean was the entire night. So she didn't want to take a picture with him which was good. You can imagine that Sean Spicer probably wanted to take a picture with her. Um on the other hand, there's this picture that went viral of fucking James Corden uh kissing Sean Spicer on the cheek, which is just stupid and you know how the internet was going to react to that. These freaking idiots. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? And, and same thing with uh, uh, that other late night host. Uh, Jimmy Seth, Fallon? No, Seth Meyers. He took a picture with him too, I think. It's like, guys, especially the kiss. Why would you even jo- f- fake kiss him? Is it like a I gay just, joke? What is that? I, 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 don't, I don't consider that as bad as having him as a part of the Emmys. But you still want to play with him, and you're doing it for the camera. You're still well, normalizing him. 
Okay, but like it's your job to. I mean, it's it's your. They're like they're late night hosts. But it, honestly, in my opinion, like if I met the person that I am talking shit about constantly to take a picture with, and they're at, and they're open to it, I'm going to take a picture with them because just of the irony of the picture itself. Yeah. I just feel like that in doing this, they lent a lot of credence to Sean Spicer, and now they're going to set up this narrative in which he is a survivor of the Trump cabinet and therefore somebody to be respected. Well, he is definitely trying because I hear that he's been like fishing for his own show on, on networks and such like he is, he's doing his rounds and I think Scaramucci was doing it for a hot second too. He launched his own website. All these guys are crazy. Yeah, well, that that's the thing, too. The reason why they're joining the administration is just so they can have their own show when they're no longer working. Because, like, it's obviously not like a long-term job to work for the administration. All right, let's Alien get to Conway. an yeah. email here. Somebody was defending a couple of your remarks last week, Matt. Mm-hmm. It wasn't is- really a remark. It was a shot in the dark. But, yeah. This is from Carol. Hi, Millennial. I just wanted to defend Matt about the thought that Filipinos and Hawaiians are somehow related. Both Filipinos and Hawaiians were descendants of Austronesian migrants from South China Sea who eventually spread throughout the Philippine Islands, Indonesian Islands, and the whole Pacific Ocean. Anthropologists have confirmed that the Polynesian people, Hawaiians are Polynesians, have island hopped through Pacific Islands from the Philippines starting on 1200 A.D., Culture-wise, the Filipinos and Hawaiians both had animistic traditions, monarchy rule through small city-states, had special religious priestesses, Babylon and Kuona, Kuona, Kahuna, and shared agricultural and fishing techniques. Um, So she goes on further to prove um, that Filipinos and Hawaiians are somehow related. Uh, Matt meant to say all of this. We just ran out of time, right, Matt? You knew all this information. Well, yeah. Okay, uh, perfectly honest, I had that that opinion when when Elisa was laughing saying that they are just so contrastly different. I wanted to comment on it, but I would I was petrified of how ignorant my opinion would have been and I wasn't entirely sure that that opinion that Filipinos and Hawaiians are not exactly that different was credible or not. So mm-hmm. Okay, but I'm glad uh, this Carol said it beautifully. And she did. She did. I think you wrote this email. I think you did your own research and then, and then, and then, posed to somebody else. That's uh, just my theory. Sure, but it's it's a right theory. So, all right, Matt, do you want to read this confessional? Sure. <clears throat> all right. Uh, are we doing names for confessionals, even though they write it in? She left her name, so. Yeah, I mean, it's optional, so... All right, uh, so our confessional comes from Danielle, and she her confession is, I'll get right down and say it. I'm jealous of Americans that can take out student loans. I'm Canadian and a university graduate with a Bachelor of Arts degree in, med- in Media Studies. Besides the brand-new car I purchased this year, I have zero debt. Recently, I got accepted to a one-year private college that focuses directly on post-production in the film industry, which is exactly what I want to do. Unfortunately, I don't think I'll be able to do it because the tuition is thirty-eight grand a year. 
federal loans will only give me 10000 The only other way for me to get a loan here is to go through the banks. Through much teeth pulling, I was finally able to get a co-signer from my stepfather. But surprise, now the bank claims that this income isn't enough, despite the fact that he makes 80000 a year. Without bank loans, I basically can't do anything to get money I need to go to school, as the ten grand alone would only be good for my rent for most of the year. I never thought I'd be jealous of loan systems if you guys have to go through, but for me, the fact that all I want to do is learn and study, I can't find someone to support that makes me wish that we had a private loan lenders like Sally May here. Sally May. Yeah, that's one of the lenders. They, they still do it? Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Um, now, I do want to say here that there are limits on the federal loans that you can get in the United States as well, very similar to what you described in Canada. Um, so if you're pursuing a bachelor's degree, there is a limit on how much money you can get. Um, so, for instance, I don't think that a private college here that costs almost $40,000 a year would be covered by basic federal loans either. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of friends who had to take out bank loans in addition to whatever financial aid they got from the government. Here, where the really serious loans kick in is when you go to grad school, because when you go to grad school, you can take out a thing called a graduate plus loan, which is basically an unlimited amount of money. It's fucking crazy. I remember the first year that I went to grad school, I was able to take out something like $60,000 to cover that year of school with no questions asked because it was a graduate degree. They're a lot pickier with bachelor's. So you're not alone. Interesting perspective, though. Yes. Wanting, wanting our crazy loan amounts over here. I mean, I, 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 I get it. I get it because she seems stuck. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, let me put it to you this way. You remember the housing bubble that burst when we were all like first entering the world as young adults? The student loan bubble is going to be the next thing. In other news, this story is absolutely hilarious. I had a ball watching CNN last night because they were um, they were going in on Trump's or the White House attorney Ty Cobb. He fucked up big big time. He was dining outside at a DC steakhouse, talking about the investigation into Russian meddling. He was doing this in a public place with some guy we don't know who, but guess who's sitting two tables away from? from Ty Cobb, the White House attorney, a New York Times journalist who happened to be there by coincidence. He sits down. He spots Ty Cobb because he's a lawyer. He's got this weird-ass curly mustache going on. You can't mistake him. The New York Times reports on their encounter with Ty Cobb. Uh, it actually, the conversation actually revealed new information. Cobb got yelled at. You, you just have to laugh at it because it's like, what the fuck? How does a lawyer being paid gobs of money be so stupid as to have such a private conversation, important conversation out in public in Washington, D.C.? Because Trump picks the best people. He has the (laughs) best people, Andrew. That's what's so hilarious about this. I mean, he loves bragging. He used to love bragging about how he picks the best people and lit. Yet so many of of his people have been screwing up big time yeah it's just i mean 
It's it's really astonishing because, of course, as a result of all of this, um, the New York Times ended up finding out that there is a really big divide amongst lawyers at the White House about how to handle the Russian response. So like now not only are they arguing about how to deal with this, they're infighting now because of shit like this, because of fucking White House lawyers being out and spilling the beans on a fucking street in Washington, D.C. Like... <laughs> Beyond unprofessional. Yes. Beyond. Like, of course, somebody is going to overhear you. It might not be a New York Times reporter, but it'll be somebody else involved in the White House in some way because you're dining in D.C. in the open. But also what gets me is that they specifically mentioned President Trump. Yeah. In the course of their conversation, they referred to him as President Trump. And it's like, this is probably the most scrutinized followed a president in American history. And I don't see that in a good way. What so... I also <laughs> love about this is that the New York times reporter took a picture of them at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. And neither of these guys noticed that a picture was being taken of him. Ty Cobb is looking away from the camera, but the other guy, he's looking sort of in the direction of the New York times reporter. How do you not notice? Like, I, I, I'm usually generally aware of that. Aren't you always kind of aware? Is, isn't it always in the back of your head? Like, I'm sure, especially as a woman, like somebody could be taking a picture of me. Well, not even just that. I feel like if I'm out in public and I'm gossiping about somebody or talking about something that is, you know, a little bit like untoward, I'm always like looking around or like putting my hand over my mouth when I tell somebody something. Like, right. these guys were just brazen. They were just, like, leaning back in their chairs, eating their steaks, like, oh, President Trump, this and that. Like, it, it's astonishing, but not surprising simultaneously. I don't understand how that's possible, but this White House never ceases to amaze. <laughs> the New York Times reporter, and he, he did this little, like, tell-all about how it all went down. And he's like, when I realized it was them, I ordered another iced tea, pulled out my phone, and began typing notes, hoping that they would assume I was merely responding to emails, tweeting, or surfing the internet. <laughs> uh, and he also tweeted, like, live as it was happening. <laughs> yeah, and he was, like, emailing pictures of them to other staff at the New York Times being like, hey, is this who I think it is? Yeah. And also, can you believe this shit? He also said it was a pretty Whoa. loud combo, too. They weren't even trying to show discretion. Idiots. Maybe they want him to get impeached. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I have some sad news. Matt, do you do, did you ever go to Toys R Us as a kid? I, yeah, I did. Oh, well, when I was a lot younger. And then my parents just made less money and we couldn't go. So, oh. uh, but I am very familiar with it. Yeah, so I used to go to Toys R Us a lot, and they are now filing for bankruptcy protection after being crippled by competition and debt. It's really, it is kind of surprising that the, uh, Toys R Us is a traditional toy store. It's like a toy mall to kids. I mean, yeah. it, it's just so exciting to go into a Toys R Us. You're just surrounded by colorful, fun things. Well, uh, I mean, I remember, like, my memories of Toys R Us is having an abundance of like Nickelodeon uh, branded toys and stuff. Like that's when we were kids, like Nickelodeon was this shit. Mm -hmm. But I went recently to one and it's, it's like a, it's like a dead zone. 
what like were you doing now. in Toys R Us, you creep? Uh, I was I was killing some time, but oh. um, yeah, there's there's like nobody there, and it's still huge. But they're it looks like they're just trying to cram as much big stuff as they can to make it look like it's a full store. I went into one a couple I... months ago for some reason. I think maybe to look at something Nintendo related, and uh, I don't know, it looked fine to me. But yeah, they're just not as crowded. Amazon's bringing them down and, and these other places. And you really don't see toy stores anymore. Toys R Us did somehow survive. Anyway, they're yeah. not closing. Um, they haven't announced any closure plans for their existing stores, but it sounds like they're just kind of preparing themselves for the long haul. I assume Christmas is still a good season for them, as it is for most retailers. I think, it, yeah, I think that's where they make their monies now is just like Black Friday. Well, hang in there, Toys R Us. I don't want to lose you yet. But, uh... Bye! So, a sad story at Georgia Tech. There is somebody there named Scouts Schultz. They were 21 years old. A leader, president of a gay and transgender student group at the school, um... They were unfortunately shot with a single bullet by police the other night. Um, Scout had been reportedly suicidal, depressed. And in this video, it's it really... I don't know why I bring myself to watch this kind of stuff. But you see Scout walking towards police. He's yelling things. The police are yelling at him, at, at, at them, because Scout is holding a knife. And the police want Scout to put it down. And they won't. And Scout says, shoot me. And the police, unfortunately, do with a single bullet. Like I said, it was all caught on video. And now there's a lot of backlash with how the police handled this. Because why couldn't they have resolved this situation a different way? Why did it have to come to a bullet? Why couldn't it have been pepper spray or something else to subdue Scout? Or a taser, yeah. or shooting to incapacitate, like shooting a kneecap, mm-hmm. things that officers should be trained to do, presumably. I think this is a prime example of how we as a society have failed people like Scout Schultz. We have failed other people who are suffering from mental illness. We have failed our police force for not teaching them how to adequately handle and de-escalate these types of situations. Scout was shot in the heart. There was no there was no need for that. They could have decapacitated Scout by using a taser or pepper spray or even shooting to incapacitate, like shooting a kneecap or something. Um, there was no need for deadly force here. That wasn't at all necessary. Yeah. But having watched the video and seeing how scary it is, I mean, I can imagine how scared the officers must have been just watching the 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 way that Scout was. Yeah. And if these are people that didn't have any training on how to de-escalate these kinds of um, mental health episodes, then I understand why this happened, even though I completely disagree with what they did. Yeah. I think what you were saying earlier, though, is a is what we should be doing is we should all officers, especially on a campus school should have tasers and then guns like the firearms should be the secondary weapon 
not the primary one. Yeah, and it's a good point, especially on school campuses where we know there are students who unfortunately feel depressed and suicidal. Uh, according to the New York Times report, scouts called 911 on themselves, reporting, basically describing their self and saying that they were carrying a knife, but Scout was speaking in third person. And yeah, I can't remember if it was a weapon or a knife, but that should be even more knife. evidence. Okay, uh, yeah, but I don't know if he told, or I'm sorry, if, if if Scout told the police that this person had uh, a knife or a weapon. According so, to the report, it was a knife. And just reading other details here, apparently Georgia Tech campus police do not carry tasers, but they do carry pepper spray. So it sounds so. A, they should start carrying tasers, and B, uh, probably should have used the pepper pepper spray to get Scout to drop the weapon. But you know why this also sucks? Because Scouts was the leader of a gay and transgender student group. Those I feel so bad for the people in that group who look to Scouts for inspiration as a leader. They they lost a leader. They lost somebody I presume they thought they could look up to when they needed help. This doesn't bode well for them. This this hurts them because they lost somebody that's important to them and they might be thinking, I hope this isn't the case, but I'm thinking that they're now thinking if he if if Scal can't do it, who can? And I, I hope they're not thinking that, but I just feel like if you lose somebody that you're looking up to, to the point where uh, Scout was so mentally ill to the point that uh, they wanted to call the police on themselves, it's, I don't, it just really worries me. Right. But I do think we should be looking at this incident more as a mental health uh, yeah. issue than like an LGBT um issue yeah and yeah, yeah it's it, it is though it's 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 really sad i do feel like we uh we have failed scout in a bit a little bit mental health is still a taboo thing with the general public well and what's so fucked about it is that this is a prime example of why people don't want to call the police scout what do you mean did Scout did the right thing. Scout knew that they were in a precarious position and they called the police. And I feel like anybody who might find themselves in a similar scenario, whether it's a mental health break or not, might think twice about calling the police because what happens if you do the right thing? It can get you shot. But Scout also didn't do the right thing in that he w- that Scout wasn't complying with police orders the police were telling scout to drop the weapon yeah i agree with you but that wasn't that did not warrant scout's death no i yes definitely not um what it warranted was some way of incapacitating scout and then getting them the help that they need Uh, which is something that is sorely lacking on college campuses across the country. So this could be an even broader discussion that we probably don't have time for. Um, Yeah. But I mean, I... Because 
I have struggled with my mental health for most of my adult life. And I've been to two universities where I found the mental health resources to be completely inadequate. So that's just something to bear in mind. We can uh, bookmark that for now, but we can come back to it later. Yeah, I think so. Because I think there is the other uh, tack that we need to address is that the fact that Scout knew that this was a a pretty sure fire way of uh, being killed. Like it was more like a murder suicide. Yeah. He knew that the cops didn't, he knew the campus police had guns. Yeah. And he knew that if he egged them on enough, this would happen based off of previous incidents we've had with police. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it's fair to say that because we can't get into scouts head and know what they actually wanted or what they actually thought was going to happen, unfortunately, because they're dead. Um, what this indicates to me is that Scout was in a very fragile place and that what they needed was to be apprehended in a way that was as uh, peaceful as possible and taken somewhere to get help. Mm -hmm. All right, well, let's move on to one more story for today. Then we got AP Choice. Uh, Laura, what's going on with uh, North Korea? <laughs> so, zero out. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, I was like, there's another video playing, and I don't know if it's me imagining it this time. It's a, it's a hit Elton John song. Okay. So, today, the cum stain on American democracy, Elton known as John. Donald Trump. Oh spoke at the UN General Assembly about North Korea and threatened to, quote, totally destroy North Korea if forced to defend the United States and his allies. He also went on when talking about Kim Jong-un and said Rocket Man is on a suicide mission. He referred to the leader of a foreign country as Rocket Man. I have no love for Kim Jong-un, okay? I think he's a fucking dumpster heap of just ungodly shit on the face of the earth. But you're the president of the goddamn United States. Don't refer to other leaders this way. (laughs) I think it's fucking hilarious. Um... (laughs) Donald, this is now the second time he's done it. He did it the first time in a tweet. And, you know, it was, it was very Trump on Twitter for him to do that, to come up with a nickname for Kim Jong-un. <laughs> what is up with him and giving people names? And uh, so I guess he caught, he noticed how everybody was very taken by this Rocket Man nickname. So then... According to reports, he decided to work this nickname into his speech himself, and it was his own idea. And uh, shocking, yeah. But and then jokes aside, of course, like Laura said, he wants to quote totally destroy North Korea, which is a very disturbing remark because the ramifications for totally destroying North Korea cannot be understated. It would be one of the biggest things in our lifetimes, in the world's lifetime. <laughs> but it but but on the other hand it's like i just don't know i just how many red lines is he gonna draw with north korea because at this point it feels like the boy who cried wolf 
we've drawn so many red lines with North Korea. And meanwhile, Japan, like, they, they look up in the sky and see these North Korean missiles because they're literally flying over Japan. Everybody's just like, meh. Where the fuck is the action? When are we destroying well, Rocket Man? Andrew, like, you have to understand, like, you can't take the things that he tweets seriously. Yeah, I know. But North Korea seriously has flown missiles over Japan, and even Japan just throws their hands up and be and is like, uh, okay, whatever. Yeah, but I think what Trump meant to say was that Kim Jong-un is a man who likes to have rockets. So I don't think it was a name-calling. At least this is no, coming from the, the GOP. That's not, that's, not my, that's not my point. We're just, we're just not doing anything here in regards to North Korea, and I'm sick of it. I want to see some action. I don't think we should totally destroy North Korea, but um, we got to do something already. So I wanted to ask you guys a couple questions. Uh, None of us has any love for North Korea. I think that's a given. Do we think that the United States should be responding to North Korea with force? I think so, because we have promised Japan that we're going to cover them. We asked Japan to scale down their military a while back. And in exchange, we said we'd protect them. So, so now I think we do have to do something. And we just need to make these take little steps. I know it's a very fragile situation, but something has to happen. They're sending missiles over Japan. That should have been a red line. Yeah, I agree. And uh-huh. actually, so I hate to say this. I like I'm cringing and dying inside when I say this, but Trump did say one thing today during his speech that I agreed with. And he threw some serious shade at Russia and China for continuing to trade with North Korea. Mm. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I agree with that because Russia and China, of course, are on board with a lot of the sanctions that we're trying to levy against North Korea, but like they're still trading with them and maintaining diplomatic relations with them. So I think it's very fair to call them out on that. It's not going to do anything, but uh, I I agree with that from a political standpoint. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Yeah. I I know. Sad. Um, But my question is, is it possible to be for or be pro strong or arming North Korea, but also simultaneously against the way that Trump is doing it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I honestly, I don't really know what tact play for this because I think it's just a little too complicated for me to understand. And like for a normal person, like there is, there's no black or white decision, uh, decision that you can make i think we need to make some little attacks in some of the areas that we know that their military works in don't hit anything near south korea don't hit the capital pyongyang hit somewhere where we know they are working on their nukes we're not going to hit the nukes and we probably don't want to hit the nukes they're, they're those are hidden deep inside mountains but we do need we need to show some force, some real force. The sanctions clearly aren't cutting it. Uh, see, I have I am not pro 
brute force like this, I feel like the best way to turn North Korea is to infiltrate them with the influence of the outside world. Do something. For instance, Google had a big plan a few years back where they wanted to suspend uh, balloons in the atmosphere that would provide Wi-Fi worldwide, no matter where you were in the world. In that regard, North Korea can't stop North Koreans from getting on the internet. Um, and when you, when, mm. they can't. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you're continue. <laughs> no, I, but, I disagree with that because North Korea is selling them the phones. They would just like disable Wi-Fi on the phones or some shit. So, uh, but see, here's the other thing, though. In terms of technology in North Korea, most of that is not actually coming from the government. A lot of that is manufacturing goods that are smuggled into the country and sold on the black market. Uh-huh. What if we gave Kim a new nickname, like like something Peace on Earth related? And maybe that will turn him into what we want him to be. I don't... I think that's it. I think you solved it. Can we name him George Harrison? (laughs) I just think Rocket Man isn't going to help our cause. You know, he that's the other thing. You can bet Rocket Man loves being called Rocket Man. Yeah, probably. Why can't we just hack into them? What's he going to call Donald Trump? Like moldy Halloween pumpkin or something? Orange Man. (laughs) Agent Orange. Cheetos. I hope he comes up with his own nickname. That'd be pretty sweet. Oh my god. That'd be a fun this is little just... war. War of words. The fact that we are now stooping down to North Korean diplomatic tactics just makes me not want to live in this country anymore. Let's move on now to AP Choice. Thank you to Vicky and Jess for these two questions today. They support us at the Facebook official level over on patreon.com slash millennial. Vicky says, you are on a desert island, and the island has graciously granted you the gift of an early 2000s anti-skip Walkman with unlimited battery life. You're allowed to pick five CDs to listen to for the rest of your time there. What are they? And she says, the the gif that I included in the post on Patreon, which is a gif of uh, that Green Day guy singing, wake me up when September ends. Uh... Vicky said this prompted uh, the question, and American Idiot is one of her top five picks. One of mine would definitely be American Idiot (laughs) as well. I think that's one of the best albums of the last couple decades. I know that Green Day takes a lot of shit because they're Green Day, and their more recent uh, music has not been up to snuff, but I still look at this as one of the great albums of my teenage years. So definitely that. Uh, probably my David Bowie uh, anthology disc. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? What was? I think that was his impression of David Bowie. Yeah, it is. That, that, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? We're gonna be heroes. That. Mm. Too soon. Yeah, I'm Andrew. just gonna make this really awkward as possible. <laughs> um, Rubble. Rubble. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, probably "London Calling" by The Clash. I would take that one with me. <laughs> Bro, 
probably the Hamilton soundtrack. I'm going to be completely honest with myself. Aww. <laughs> you want to listen to that for the rest of your life? Well, I've got four other CDs. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Um, and then you guys go while I try and think of my fifth one. This is really hard. I would take InSync's Celebrity Album. I would also take No Strings Attached. I would also take Britney's Britney album. I would take Bruce Springsteen, uh, probably the Rising album. And I would take the Hamilton soundtrack. Shut the fuck up. I would take you would not. <laughs> I would take a U2 album of some sort. Um, I really do like their most recent one, Songs of Innocence. So I'll just say I'll I'll take that. No, no, no. I'll take How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. That one has held up really well. I would probably take um, Carol Cole's Tapestry, uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller, uh, the the very best compilation CD for Fleetwood Mac. I would have a soundtrack in there somewhere, too. And this other one comes from... Oh, oh, and Adele. Adele 21. And this is from Jess. How the hell do you save money? I'm an adult and should somewhat know how, but I suck at it. Here's what I'm doing, Jess, right now. So I'm uh, aiming to buy a condo next year sometime. And every month, I'm putting away several hundred pennies. No, dollars uh, per month. This requires focusing your monthly expenses, double-checking everything to make sure you're, you're not wasting any money on a monthly basis. you got to balance that income with what's going out every month. I know it sounds obvious, but you got to get really hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. I moved to Chicago because I was in a place now where I was, where I'm making enough money to have rent, pay rent, have those living expenses, and you know, food and going out and uh, paying for hookers, and saving a little money every month. You just gotta be in. A, you just gotta put yourself in a place to do that. So look at ways to cut corners. I know we try to help people from time to time save money with certain deals and whatnot because we, because we want to help. Just got to keep an eye out for how to do things for less. You also got to look at how much money you're spending on things that provide so much entertainment. Like instead of spending uh, $10, $15 to go see a two-hour movie, spend $10, $15 for a book that'll take you 15, 20, 30 hours to read. Stuff like that. Find entertainment that entertains you for a while. And uh, for, Sex. for the price. Sex. Sex free. is free most of the time. Sometimes. There was an interview <laughs> with the cast and crew of Shameless. With one of the cast members of Shameless. It's a great uh, comedy on Showtime. And the interviewer asked, why do they have so much sex? And the cast member said, because they're poor. They have nothing else to do. And that's free and fun. So sex, Jess. Yes, some people can't afford cable. I haven't had sex in months. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that sucks. 
spot. Well, Andrew, when you come down here, we'll take care of you. Gross. I'm getting desperate, so I, I might be into that. Um, Uh-oh. I don't. No, no, no. I was saying we'd find you somebody. Oh, oh. Well, okay. I, come on. I live near Boys Town. I, I, I could go find a guy if I had any amount of courage. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> thought it was thought he was gonna get up in my snatch. Mm-mm. I was not with that attitude. I the threesome. Me in the middle of you and Mark. I've always I'm wanted to be to in the middle of a threesome. Work. Mm. How would that work? I'll tell you how it'll work. <laughs> Do you really want to know? You tell me after say, the I show. Say, yeah, it's too graphic. <laughs> I think I can I can picture it, and I, okay. I'm like, <laughs> oh man, I have white image going on right now. Uh, oh, Laura, you are you are into it. At least I probably would be. Can Andrew, use... I, don't, I don't know if you could handle it, Andrew, to be honest with you. Probably I don't not. Think he can either. I legit think if I was in the middle of any threesome, I, I would, you know what, instantly. Yeah. <laughs> instantly. Uh, Katie is listening live says, this is the number one reason my spending has dropped, but I don't know what she's talking about. So uh, this, uh, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I, I, it's either Starbucks or Millennial. Um, you know, I I have a really simple way that I approach saving money that lets me put around four to five hundred dollars a month into savings, and it's that I budget a specific amount of entertainment money for myself, and also know that I have to pay all my bills and other things like that, and so whatever's left over after my $200 a month that I budget myself for entertainment and then paying the bills goes into savings. I like it. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, all about it's very it. easy. Uh, I don't go out to eat ever. I've, um, I usually always just make my food at home and That's buy groceries. Smart. And I also make meals for the week. So that's a good way to budget. And also going out to eat requires you like to take a shower and get dressed. And I just sooner watch Netflix. Yeah. Naked. Eating Katie a steak. Got more info from Katie. She says um, she was referring to borrowing books from the library rather than buying all of them. It's a good mm. idea. Yeah. Or illegally downloading them. But I don't recommend doing that. Yeah. No, no, no. No, seriously do it. <laughs> all right. Well, that wraps up this week's main episode of millennial coming up in after dark we're going to talk a little more about president trump and twitter why did i just say president trump i don't want to dignify him with that with the word president but anyway donnie a little too late for that orange man orange wannabe rocket man um should he be banned from twitter we're going to talk about the effect that he has had on twitter if he's helped twitter if he's hurt twitter we're also going to talk about what else he should be banned from. We're also going to talk about if Twitter should ban him outright. Has he violated their terms of service? It kind of looks like it, including uh, due to things that he's tweeted on there this week. Yep, many times. And we're also going to talk about what politicians have said about his Twitter habits and what the White House has said. There's just so there's a lot to talk about here. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about it. 
also, you can check out our website, millennialshow.com. If you would like to support us on Patreon, there's a link right there. We're adding lots of benefits, as you know, and you can learn more about them over on patreon.com slash millennial. We've seen an uptick in patrons, so thank you to everybody who's been signing up recently. Uh, getting those new benefits like the Landy Show and we'll do a live. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fucking thing sucks. There's no words on it. <laughs> um, and other benefits as well. So thank you again, everybody. And thank you for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. See everybody next week. Goodbye. Bye. God bless. It's going to be a long, long time. And I think it's going to be a long, long time. And I think it's going to be a long, long time. And I think it's going to be a long, long time.